You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we're coming to you on Tuesday as we enter week five of the NFL season. Still celebrating the Giants' first victory of the season a little bit on Sunday, overtime victory over the New Orleans Saints made the Giants one and three on the season and and, and here to help me uh, break down a little bit of what we saw and uh, look forward to uh, week five against the Cowboys a little bit is Big Blue Views Emily Iannacone. Em, how you doing? I'm good, Ed. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey, always appreciate, always appreciate having you drop by. So have to start with this, Em. I have to start with this. I have to come clean. For our listeners, for everybody out there in Big Blue View land, I have to come clean. What did I do? You were writing the recap. What did Ed, the dumb editor, do? Oh. When when the this score is- got to be 21 to 10, what did I do? This this is very true. I should we should include screenshots if possible. You told me, I think around seven with around seven minutes left in the game which is now when we know they started to make their comeback. You were like, this is over. You should just start writing the recap as though it's over. This game has effectively ended. And really on the next drive, that all changed. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I said, I said, it's over. Just write that they're 0-4. It's done. Just <laughs> that we'll be ready to go. You know, and it. And then, of course, and then, of course, things changed, you know, much for the better, although I have to admit, you know, I always tell people I'm lousy at predicting games and I haven't picked a Giants game right yet this year. So I'm 0-4. The Giants are at least the Giants at least have a win. I do not. So. (laughs) I think I've actually, now that I think about it, struggled as well, because I really thought they would win last week at home against the Falcons. I felt like really, I felt really confident in that pick. And then this week I was like, there's no way they're going to win at the Superdome. The first time the Saints have fans since 2019, I, I didn't think there was a shot. So I guess I also have been pretty off so far this season. But one thing I did realize is that this is not the Saints team of the past years this is not a a saints juggernaut team so this was a team that was that was more vulnerable than i think we realized 
I think definitely. I think the impact of not having Drew Brees on the field is still something that this team is is clearly adjusting to. I think Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds in the game, but it's still it still is clear that they're going through some growing pains. I think that's also really evident with the um, kind of switching around between Winston and Taysom Hill throughout the game. We saw a lot more of Taysom Hill than I expected to see and one too many eight yard touchdown runs from him that I, that I needed to see. But yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody on the giants should, should learn how to tackle. That was, that was very frustrating. I, I feel like, especially on the first one, but really on both of those touch start, touchdown runs he bulldozed right through the defense um, it just looked like there was no one even standing yeah. there yeah it was it was it was bad it was like it was the second one was like nobody wanted to try to hit him but mm-hmm. but you know I have to talk about let's talk about the uh, about the good side of Sunday and I said this to you before we started recording I'm watching that game and you're seeing a huge performance from Daniel Jones. Tremendous game. I thought he made big throw after big throw. You saw big plays from Saquon Barkley. I mean, not so much in the running game, but definitely in the passing game when they were able to get him in the open field. Really good performance from Kenny Galladay. Really good performance from Kadarius Toney. The there was enough pass blocking to give Jones a chance to get the ball down the field. Big play from John Ross. You know, there were a lot of, you know, we can quibble with some of the things on, on defense, but they made stops when they had to make them. You think about it, and to me, isn't this the way Dave Gettleman would have drawn it up? You know, isn't this the way that that they would have they would have pictured, you know, not only this season, but but Jones and, and and Saquon Barkley leading this team's offense, you know, it went when Dave drafted those guys, you know, a couple of years back. Yes, I think that definitely, you know, this game was a bit was what Giants fans have been hoping for since the start of this season, since we've of course been 0-3, but really for the last two seasons when Barkley's battled injuries and Jones has just either fumbled one too many times, thrown too many interceptions and too touchdown passes it felt like this is what Gettleman and Giants fans have dreamed up for a while to have everyone come together I mean Jones threw for over 400 yards and and not only that he just he just looked poised in the pocket he he didn't he didn't look frazzled at all and this was I mean the Giants have been on the other end of these last second losses in their past two games and this this was different they actually came from behind I think, you know, us included had counted them out in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left. You're you're just going to keep reminding me, aren't you? Since I brought it up. I I am. I am. I, cause I just, I think that after last, after losing to the Falcons at home on Eli Manning day, it was discouraging. I, I left that game and I was like, I I feel like that could be the season. Like that's, that's Owen three. That's, if we don't win that game, what games are we going to win? And I at least was feeling kind of kind of low going into this into week four. And they they really surprised me. They started out strong, kind of plateaued a little bit in the middle of the game, but then just had a resurgence in the fourth quarter. And and there were people not playing. It wasn't, I didn't expect this. We didn't have Darius Slayton, we didn't have Sterling Shepard, and still Jones threw 
for more yards than he's ever thrown for. I think we also just saw more explosiveness all around, which is something that I know judge keeps getting asked about and the receivers keep getting asked about. We, we actually finally had some chunk plays from John Ross, from Barkley. And so it was just, it was finally something exciting to watch for Giants fans. Yeah. I I felt like when you talk about chunk plays and all of that, I felt like in terms of receivers, I felt like we finally saw what the Giants paid Kenny Galladay all that money for. And, and the reason why they drafted Kadarius Tony. Definitely. Definitely. I think, I think Tony showed that even if he's not running the most precise route, he just has a natural innate ability to be able to dodge defenders. He has a shiftiness to him. He has quick bursts of speed. We definitely saw, you know, the remnants of what he was doing in Florida because it, it, it definitely delivered on the field yesterday. I think Galladay too, he had some really, really key plays. I think, you know, he wasn't part of those chunk plays, which is part of why, why the giants paid him so much money, but he had some plays over, over 20 yards that were definitely difference makers in the game. And, and Tony had that one, the huge play on third and 18, that, that was a huge momentum changer. So I feel like between the two of them, I don't know why it took, you know, injuries to Slayton and Shepard to see more of these guys, but I'm glad that we finally are. I think that's the shame of it. And that's what leaves you shaking your head at this point is that the Giants are, are one in three, could easily be three and one. Mm-hmm. And, and what leaves you shaking your head is this was really, really nice to see. It was really, like I said, it was kind of what the Giants drew up. It was what we expected to see. But it took a quarter of the season mm-hmm. and and considering the schedule the Giants have coming up, you wonder if it's already too little too late. I, I looked up the schedule before we, we hopped on just to sort of remind myself because I wasn't I knew kind of what we had in store, but I didn't realize all of these were back to back to back. We've got the Cowboys, the Rams, the Panthers, the Chiefs, the Raiders and the Bucks. So it's really, it's kind of, it's almost funny. <laughs> I think you have to laugh looking at that schedule, but it's, it's so true. We, the games that we lost to start the season were the games that we really, really had to win. Cause even these upcoming games, I think at the start of the season, you would have said the Panthers and the Raiders were the weak teams. And as, as far as this upcoming schedule goes, and they don't really look weak at all so far. No, so, they do not. No, no. I mean, the Raiders are just like the most, fun primetime team to watch and the Panthers fell to the Cowboys yesterday, but they've, they've been really, really good this, this season. So none of those games are gimmies. And I just, you know, this was, this was a good, good step in the right direction, but it's a shame that it just, that it took three games to get here. Yeah, And we have to talk about Dallas and we have to talk about all of that schedule coming up, but before we spin too far forward, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about Daniel Jones, and I'm sure that you read a lot of the same things that I read. And I'm curious about your reaction to some of this. Now, let's be honest for, for two years, much of the media, and I could name names of, of various publications and I could name the writers to be honest with you, because I sit in the same room with a lot of them, a lot of days, but a lot of these guys have spent a couple of years 
you know, chuckling at Dave Gettleman for drafting Daniel Jones sixth overall and, 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 and ripping Jones and saying he'll never be, you know, anything but a, but a bumbling, fumbling, you know, guy who gets remembered for falling down on the 10 yard line, you know, against the Eagles. And it made me chuckle last night because I listened to the tone of the questions that Joe judge was asked about Daniel Jones. And I list and I read the tone of everything today. And, and, and all of a sudden there, there's this realization that Daniel Jones might have franchise quarterback ability that he might really actually be a good NFL quarterback, you know, a guy that you can win with. And what makes me chuckle is the Giants are one and three, but Daniel Jones has played that way all season. He's played that way through all four games. And it's like, and it's like, there's a, there, there, there's a, a section of the media that, that uh, just woke up yesterday and, you know, at, at the end of the game and realized, you know, th- this guy's not half bad. And I don't know if you had the same impression. No, I, I, I think that's definitely, definitely been the case. It's, it's really unbelievable how much criticism Daniel Jones has faced in his, such a short time in New York and what has really been a tumultuous few seasons for the franchise as a whole with Eli Manning's departure and new head coach and new head coaches, new coordinators. I mean, it wouldn't have been an easy time for anyone to succeed. And Jones has faced the brunt of it and he's faced it the way, you know, someone like Eli Manning would, he's just taken it in stride. Um, but yesterday he, he more than delivered. I mean, his, his offensive performance was I mean, he threw for the most yards since Jason Garrett has taken over as an offensive coordinator he threw his first interception in, I think, 124 attempts, and it was a Hail Mary. At the yeah, end that of- doesn't even count. That shouldn't no, even count against even quarterback count. stats. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. That is a big asterisk next to it because he really, he has not been turning the ball over. He really, he's been protecting the ball. He's looked poised in the pocket, and he had, a, he had this strong a day yesterday, even without his top receivers, and so – I think what we what we've always needed to keep in mind with Jones is that he has he's had maybe these weaker performances, but he's also had a, you know, a weak offensive line up front or he hasn't had playmakers or people to throw to. And I think you have to shout out the offensive line yesterday, which, you know, had its fourth left guard in as many games. And there were no pre-snap penalties. He, Jones wasn't sacked on any of his dropbacks. I think he was only hit six times. I mean, that's 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 kind of what we need. If you have a strong offensive line like that, it allows Jones to actually be able to make plays in the pocket. And then, you know, we had our first round pick and our big free agent signing really step up. And they they were the playmakers that they we expected them to be. And so it. I think yesterday showed that if you put the necessary people and the weapons around Jones, he has more than enough ability to take advantage of them. Now, like I said, this is the way that the Giants envisioned this working. And and you, you mentioned the offensive line. I mean, I mean, Andrew Thomas has been tremendous so far this year. You know, Nate Solder is what he is. He's an adequate 
tackle. He's going to look really awful at times. Will Hernandez has been good, but give some credit to to Billy Price. Give some credit to Matt Skura. Even give some credit to Ben Bredesen. Be you know before you know before he got hurt. I mean, these guys have come in and done a better job pass protecting than I think anyone really wants to give them credit for. And, and, and I think that, you know, I, I don't know what we can nominate offensive line coach Rob sale for. Can we nominate him for assistant coach of the year? Can we nominate him? You know, can he, can he run for president? I don't know, whatever. Can he do, can he, can he do something? Because I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the man is, is, is telling these guys or feeding these guys, but it's working. He, he absolutely deserves a shout out. I mean, that offensive line has been changing every week to the point that sometimes I'm like, who, I don't know the name of even who is, who is going to be on the line when the game starts. So it's been, no, it's been a lot of turnover and he has somehow uh, kind of imposed some sense of stability and he's, he's, it, he's kind of created a unit that actually seems like it's worked together for many games as opposed mm-hmm. to really just one game at a time. Yeah. And it's really impressive. And I think it's, it's kind of the opposite of what we expected heading into the season. I think we expected a really, really strong defensive line under Patrick Graham. And we've kind of, this offensive line has just been a really pleasant surprise. No, I looked at the pro football focus numbers just in terms of pass blocking this you know, so far this season. And and this offensive line is, I think, 14th in the league in pass blocking. That puts them, obviously, in the top half. And I think every single Giants fan would have signed up for that this year long before, you know, Matt Pert lost his job and long before you know, Shane Lemieux and Nick Gates got hurt. I yeah, I think everybody would have signed up for that. So the fact that they're that they're doing that, you know, with with this sort of mash unit of an offensive line is is pretty is pretty incredible. I and I and I think there were question marks still surrounding Andrew Thomas heading into the season. I think with, that was another pick Gettleman was facing some heat for because he just hadn't really lived up to expectations yet, and he's he's been really, really strong through the four games of the season so far. So it really all around in, in the players that we expected to be there and the players we did not expect to be on this offensive line at all. Um, it has definitely been a welcome, welcome improvement. And it's, and it's clearly having an impact because Jones, I mean, yesterday was definitely his most pro- prolific performance, but like you said, he's really, he's been the reason the giants have been in any of the games this season at all, especially that Washington game, which was just, you know, that could have gone either way. So I, I feel like he's really, he's been able to keep them in the game and he can't do that without a strong offensive line up front. No, he can't. And I mean, it's a shame you think about it against Atlanta. He ran over a 320 or 30 pound nose tackle for a two-point conversion that should have given the Giants the game-winning points, basically. He, and, and the Giants let him down. So, Right. So, There's only so much he can do. He's mm-hmm. fast. There's only mm-hmm. so much he can do. Yeah, he's not, he's not afraid to, to lower the shoulder either once in a while. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before we actually spin forward and talk about the schedule, I wanted to say this about Andrew Thomas. I had the opportunity to talk to Andrew one-on-one. I think it was after the week two game against Washington. And I have two comments. This is a 22-year-old kid who's still the fourth or fifth youngest player on this roster. And first of all, I'm not small. All right. I'm not a small person. I'm, you know, six foot one, six foot two, somewhere in there and 220 pounds or whatever I am today or tomorrow or who, whatever day of the week it happens to be. (laughs) But Andrew Thomas is a massive human being first of all, to stand next to him. And I will also say this. He is a very impressive, very well-spoken young man who who understands what he is. He understands what last year was. He understands the role that he's been put into. And I think he's just a very impressive young man and who's going to be a giant for a good long while. And, and my guess is he's going to end up representing this franchise really, really well. Yeah. I think that he, he's another player like Jones who really faced a lot of heat coming right out of the draft. And it's like, we kind of just needed to give him a minute to get his footing because he really, he's really, I mean, he's exceeding expectations, I think for what people thought heading into the season. And Well, well, they always say, you know, give a draft pick three years or, or whatever it might be. And, and I always caution people don't form a hard and fast opinion about a player, good or bad after one year, because if you look at it, Andrew Thomas was the worst of those four offensive tackles taken in the first round a year ago. But if you look at it today, he's playing better than any of them. That, May not be the case, you know, 14 weeks from now, but right now he's playing better than any of them. So let it play out. Let it, you know, let's see where it goes. I think Andrew Thomas is going to be just fine. I think Andrew Thomas is going to represent the Giants really well for a long time. And uh, and we'll see where that goes. And, and hopefully the Giants will win some games here. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Like we said, we've got a, we've got a tough upcoming schedule, but I, you know, we won one that I think neither of us expected them to win at least this week. So maybe, maybe they can surprise us. You know, let, let's, let's talk about that schedule. What is it? It's Dallas. And then it's 
And then it's the, the Rams. Rams and Carolina's in there and the Raiders are in there and Tampa Bay is in there and and the Chiefs. Chiefs are in there and I don't even know who else is in there, but it's not fun. No. And and it no. just it, it makes me shake my head and and really you know, because the Giants are playing uphill now, it it just sure. it makes you shake your head and think, you know, what what could have been, you know, had they won a couple of those games early on. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a division like the NFC East, which, you know, we said going into the season could could be won with eight or nine victories. I mean, Dallas is definitely Dallas is definitely emerging as 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 a really good team. So, you know, so maybe they're going to surpass 10 wins and they, they are trending upwards, I think for sure. But this decision, this division was so largely up for grabs when, when the season started, because all the teams were so mediocre and, you know, winning those first three games or at least winning, you know, one or two of them does, it puts the giants in the running a little bit more. I mean, the Eagles are, are one in three Washington's two and two, um, but now they face a really uphill battle. And then I think it trends downward a little bit, but then they have a slew of division opponents to close out the end of the season, which is, those are all really important games. Maybe the teams aren't necessarily as good, but the stakes will be just as high. So I, but it's a shame because it, it may not end up mattering if the giants can't s- steal at least a couple of these upcoming games. Yeah, and this is one Sunday against Dallas. I think this is a really, really, and I mean, it's understating it to say it's really important, but that's exactly what it is because this was a nice win for the Giants on Sunday against New Orleans. You know, it it got them in the win column. It answered a lot of questions. It showed us what the Giants can be. But in terms of whether they're going to be relevant in 2021 and in terms of whether there's going to be a real race for the division title, you know, whether it's whether Washington gets involved in that or whether the giants get involved in that in terms of whether there's going to be a race for this, for, for this division, this game's going to tell us a lot. I mean, if the giants can win this game, it puts Dallas at three and two puts the giants at, at, you know, two and three, maybe Washington will win this week. I'm not even sure who Washington plays this week, but, but this is a, this is a huge game coming up. And, and I don't know, as I sit here right now, I don't know if I can pick the giants to win it. There are a lot of things about this matchup that scare me. All of the weapons that Dallas has on the outside, Dak Prescott is playing really, really well. And, and the but the big thing that scares me is yes, the New York Giants got some stops on Sunday against New Orleans when they needed them. But the Giants got zero pass rush. They didn't even hit Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill one single time in 26 or 27. 28, you know, passing attempts, whatever it was. And, and they missed 15 tackles. That's just, that's just ridiculous. But if they can't tackle and they can't, 
make Dak Prescott uncomfortable, they can't win this game on Sunday. I don't know. That at least that that's how I feel. Cause I just don't think even you know, as 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 much as I feel much better about the Giants offense right now, if they can't do those two things, the Cowboys are gonna put up 40. And I just don't think the Giants can get there. Yeah, I think I think the Cowboys, I, I think they're fourth in the league in offense right now. They've scored 41 and 36 points in their last two games. And the Giants defense, like you just said, coming off of, of a week where there was the pass rush was really non-existent. They didn't force three and out for on the Saints until the fourth quarter. They they came up with some really, really big stops, too. They had two big stops in the fourth quarter to give the Giants offense a chance. They had a fourth down stop in the first quarter. There were some big stops, but they were so few and far between that it is a little difficult to be optimistic heading into this weekend, going to Dallas, to the Dome. I I mean, Dak is definitely trending upwards. They've got Dalton Schultz as a tight end is like putting up George Kittle like numbers. I mean, they they have a lot, a lot of weapons. And the only way I feel like that you can be somewhat successful against Dak is if you're putting pressure on him. And the Giants didn't show that they could do that at least this past week. So yeah, it's a little bit of a lopsided matchup. You never know, though. There's always a lot of other factors going on. And, and clearly the Giants showed that they can win on the road in a tough environment. So I do suppose they have that going for them when they head to Dallas this week. Oh, I, I, I think the Giants can win the game. I just think that, you know, as those things that we talked about are things they're going to have to do better. They can't let Dak Prescott sit in the pocket. But I at least, at least... We look at it, we have the Giants have something positive to hang on to instead of an 0-4 record and and the possibility of going 0-10 before they win a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least they have that, you know, going for them heading into Dallas. And and it's a game that that really could make the Giants relevant in the NFC East. So, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens and uh, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, you, you'll you'll be writing that game story again, Em. And 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 and, and, and this time, this time I'm not gonna jump in and I'm not gonna jump in and and, no and make any and no jinxing, no predictions. Mm-hmm. This time I'm just gonna behave. We're gonna maintain an open-mindedness throughout all four quarters, <laughs> I think is the goal. Well, <laughs> you see, I was just trying to create more work for you because you had to write, you had to write. You know, giants lose, and, and then you had to to you know virtually tear all of that up and and, and write a new lead. Yes, you did. I did. I did. It's good practice. Yes, it is. It's See, it's, it's, it was resiliency on my part. The giants were resilient, and then I bounced back too. So yes, 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 you around. did. Yes, you did. <laughs> See, it was an outstanding learning experience for you to write mm-hmm. on deadline like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. All right. Em, thank you very, very much for coming on. Hopefully we'll do this again. Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening. As always, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.